I love movies. Gosh, I love movies. Here we go. Getting record right now. Ready? Ah, uh, there it is. Now I'm recording. All right. <clears throat> Cap time? Yes. Okay. One, two, three. Okay. <clears throat> How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Grindhouse Podcast with Dave and Matt. And Matt, um, it feels like uh, it's been a slow, slow news day this last week. What do you think? If it's a slow news day, I'm guessing that's because you've just decided to hide away, turn off everything, every outlet, not pay attention to anything. Because, um, and if you have, I can relate to that. I can understand. I've been out in the shed all day. So as far as I know, yeah, slow news day. Nothing happened. Uh, no, obviously I'm being facetious. Uh, everyone has lost their minds uh, in the last week. In our, in our future episode, we mentioned how South by Southwest was canceled. Oh, yeah. Uh, due to the spread of the coronavirus. Now more specifically known as COVID-19. Yeah. Yeah, we were kind of like, oh, South by Southwest canceled. That's crazy. Yeah, just hold on a few more days. The world's about to get canceled. Yeah, the whole, you know, people talk about how cancel culture is, you know, yeah, widespread. Yeah, no shit. We literally have canceled everything now. Yeah, this is, this is a much more fitting use of that term. Cancel culture, we, as in culture is canceled. We're, everybody's just going to sit of, inside. All of it. Well, it's not, it's, not, yeah. it's not canceled, though. It's not. Culture isn't canceled, and that's why we're here. It's on hold. Because there are many cultural outlets that you can still access, that's true. such as podcasts. So, a podcast. And, you know, I feel like we were a little bit of ahead of the curve, you know, doing the podcast remote. I mean, we've only done one episode where we were in the same room together, and we completely sanitized the entire room, and I bathed in hand sanitizer afterward. But, you know, that, you've we've just, been doing You just the, do that when you're around me, though. You've always I like, done that. I want to I be pure. Yeah, well... You you seem to you don't do it around other people though. You just like oh yeah. Matt's here. I'm gonna go wash my hands again. I'll be right back. A couple of times a day. <laughs> um, but uh, so how is it affecting you? Like before we get into talking about movie stuff, like you know, like what's going on in your world? I mean, obviously South by got canceled. Is it affecting your work? Are you able to work from home? Well, my wife is a public health expert. She's a certified public health expert. So that this is kind of her forte. This is what she she's doing. She's advising all the uh, local uh, low-income clinics right now on how to handle this and what to do and trying to find resources for them. And it also means that I have to follow all the rules. Like, I'm not allowed to go to the bar yeah. right now. There's no no parties, Wait, no was, were you, concert was that show, not the case? anything like I, that. Um, I'm pretty sure that's I'm always like, been the case. She's, she is... Uh, basically setting the guidelines and I just, I have to, you know, cause, cause it's, it's not just like, Oh, I'm your wife. You know, you should do what I say. It's, it's like, I'm also certified, you know, with the things I'm telling you. Yeah. Well, I, I think this is good practice for the start of your marriage, but I might as well get this over with now <laughs> and learn this dynamic. So you're on a, you're on the, the right path. Um, so, so what about work? Are you able to go to work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I work for a small sculpture studio out in the country. Uh, there are some elderly folks there, so we're we're just advising them, like, you know, don't don't get too close to everybody, guys. You know, just kind of because you don't know. I could have it and show no symptoms, but if you catch it, you're gonna show a lot of symptoms and maybe die. So, so uh, it's it's like, yeah, I just um, 
I'm I'm just we're all just kind of keeping our distance from each other, but uh, yeah, but we're still we're still keeping on. We're still making the artwork and keeping it going. Are you doing the cool like demolition man high five where you just sort of wave your arms around, kind of wax on wax off style in front of each other without touching? We're we're just waving, you know, maybe a little oh. finger gun. Hey, good to see well, you. What about the uh, the Wakanda salute? Yeah, I don't know if that'd be appropriate though. That's why not kind of like an African. Thing, not it's kind of like a fictional country thing. I'm sure you can do the Wakanda salute. All right, you're about to get that cancel culture coming after you if you don't be careful there. Oh, I'm sure it's been nipping at my heels as it is. <laughs> um, well, that's great to hear. It's good to hear that that as far as at least your financial life is going, your work life is going, that it's not too much of a disruption. Um, me, on the other hand, <laughs> I'm on a soft hiatus for a week. Uh, I'll still be working. But um, we're not shooting this week. We were supposed to shoot tomorrow. So the last 24 hours, well, the last 48 hours have been a whirlwind. I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Yesterday morning, uh, it was business as usual. Wait, what's today? Friday? Yeah. Yesterday morning, it was business as usual. I was letting people know, hey, we're going to continue onward. And then three hours later, it was like, we're going to go on a 14-day quasi hiatus and we'll just kind of keep seeing how things progress from there it's 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 a crazy time in the entertainment industry because tom hanks has the coronavirus that's has right. covid19 uh so does his, his wife rita wilson yeah um is it is her last name wilson uh, yes her it is name? yeah rita wilson i think you're right so tom hanks is married to mrs wilson oh right yeah because of the uh the volleyball from that movie yeah so do you think do you think that when he's like um, he's like upset maybe or like he's uh, he's in a bad mood and she's like on the other end I'm sure they have a big house you know she's on the other end of the house and he's trying to call her because he can't find his his spectacles or something right do you think he just yells out Wilson see if she comes comes running think that happens I think it's happened I think that yeah, yeah well, at least once right? yeah oh absolutely for the lulls. For the lulls, yeah, I, I'm bringing that back. That's yeah, I haven't heard that in a while. Yeah, well, that's that's what I do. Uh, I'm guessing when I go in the office on Monday, it's gonna be pretty barren. And I think for a lot of our listeners, they are probably stuck at home or have been advised to stay at home, or maybe you're not feeling well and you've self uh, self quarantined yourself. Right. And um, it's our job and it's our obligation that to to assist everyone, our community of grinders during this time of self-isolation. And so way back, one of our earlier episodes, uh, during a time when the, the rain was, was, it was both Austin and Los Angeles were just pissing rain. We did a couple of episodes about, you know, movies to watch on a rainy day. That's right. So, so Matt had a great idea. While you're quarantined, while you're on the self, we don't know how long this is going to last. You're not quar- Everything not quarantine, has been not quarantine, but like social isolation or, or what do they call it? Social distancing. Social distancing, term, yes. which apparently I've been planning, I've been preparing for my whole life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it, I'm an expert at this. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I do have, um, I, I won't lie. There are a couple things happening this week where I'm kind of like, I don't have to go anywhere. Like. There's there's parties canceled. There's things like that, and and it's lining up with the release of the new Doom video game. And Ooh, you know, I I mean, if the, if I need this. a silver lining, yeah, is the rocket, <laughs> is the rocket gonna be in this video game? Is the rocket gonna be in the? No, the rock. Oh, I mean, there's gonna, yeah, Johnson, we're gonna shoot DJ. lots of rockets at demons, but no, the rock no, is not man. not gonna be in the video game. But no. he should be right. Like that was a missed opportunity. You know, all these actors are now in video games. Like 
Do you think the Rock? He been he. I mean, even if it was like, even if it wasn't like the main character, like he could have been like a, a sergeant or like a commander of some sort, right? Oh, uh, that would have been amazing. That's a yeah. That's yeah. a great point. They put a, like they put. DJ. There's a video game that they put Terry Crews in this game. Um, uh, recently, it's a Microsoft release. What was it uh, Crackdown Three? It's a okay. terrible, terrible right. video game, but you get to play as Terry right. Crews. So you know, that's kind of cool. kind of cool. Well, listen, I don't know why people are stuck at home. You may be feeling ill. You may be uh, work may have shut down. You may be working from home. You may be hardly working from home. For whatever the reason it is, Matt had a great idea to help all of you all out who are confined to the four walls, the tomb of your life. And that was to list off some series that you can binge during this purge. That's right. This is top 10, probably going to be more than 10. We got some, we had too many ideas, but top. I think we got like seven each. Top series. I even thought of one that I'm totally going to throw in like while we were just, while you were talking. So like, (laughs) so this (laughs) is. We're just going to run out of time. That's how we do it. Grindhouse presents top series to binge. When there's a pandemic outside. That's right. So do you want to go first? Want me to go first? Should we do like the, uh, since sporting has been canceled, should we, should we flip a coin or something? Uh, but yeah, sure. You got a coin. Okay. No. Well, why, why but, don't you uh, just go first then? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Um, so my first, so I, so today against all the odds, I, I braved venturing into the world. Uh, did you know that Atlanta has one of the largest puppet museums in the world? I know you sent me those pictures. You had Crow and Tom Servo from, uh, yeah. Science theater. I mean, that was really cool. And it was yeah. a puppet museum. No, I, I never heard of this. Yeah. So go check out our grindhouse, uh, Instagram. At Grindhouse Podcast, I posted some photos from this cool museum of puppetry in Atlanta. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's how I kind of spent my afternoon. I was already I already had to go to the office to go run a quick errand. And while we we're out, me and and Jude Aswako decided we were going to go visit this puppet museum that we've driven past a bunch of times. And it was excellent. You know, you got to see like some of the puppets you you mentioned, like from Mystery Science Three Thousand. Um, you had uh, Sesame Street. You had. Uh, you know, um, uh, the Muppet show, you had labyrinth. Oh, wow. And you had the dark crystal age resistance. Oh man. That's and so, some cool puppets. Right. I mean, I just, I knew, I think I know where you're going, but I guess I say, you saw some famous ass puppets today, man. That's amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. And I, and I asked, and I was talking, and as I was talking to you, I was like, man, you know, we as filmmakers, and the filmmaking um, community and industry as a whole really limits, really limits the amount of medium that they can use. I remember one time I went through a very brief phase of painting. Do you remember this? I do not. I'm kind of doing some paint. Yeah, well, <laughs> I was doing some like acrylic painting for like a very brief moment. And I showed you one of these paintings. Yeah. And uh, I had just used a a friend of ours used to use cardboard, and so I was like, "Ah, oh, cardboard's cheap." I was kind of poor at the time, and so I sort of just painted on this cardboard. and And you looked at the painting, you're like, "That's kind of cool." You you're doing the kind of the, the Charlie Sermon thing. You're just sort of painting on cardboard. I was like, "Well, yeah, yeah, you know, it's just I just I need a canvas." And, and Char- Charlie I don't know, you Sermon, may not remember a, a this. problematic friend of ours from back in the is he was he he was a great guy. I don't know. I'm out of the loop. But um, I'm I'm talking about I don't know <laughs> when we used to hang out. It, 
Yeah. Was he problematic? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't like that term anyway. It's dumb. <laughs> Stupid buzzword. I, it, doesn't but, mean, um, it doesn't necessarily mean bad. The problematic people can be the most fun people to hang out with. So uh, oh, okay. if he's listening, well, I'm I, very sorry for that. That's why you hang out with me. <laughs> but um, I, 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 you may not remember, but I remember you kind of – you didn't lecture me per se, but you just sort of explained to me how the medium is so important as the painting itself, right? Like – Hey man, it's cool if you're on cardboard, but what does it mean, right? You could do it on a rock, you could do it on a piece of wood, you could do it on a skateboard, whatever. That always stuck with me, and this has been like over a decade, right? And so, watching these puppets and watching, especially the the dark crystal stuff, because the, the animatronics and the scope and the size—I mean, go check out the photos; they're super rad. We're just limiting ourselves with the medium that we can use to tell stories. And, you know, every once in a while you get a, a puppet, you know, you Team America or what have you. But, like, it's such a cool medium. And I think the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance really showed in, uh, well, I guess that came out last fall, right? So 2019, yeah. that that in the world of, like, these big blockbuster CGI amusement park theme ride movies, that you could go to an older medium and still tell such a compelling, magical story that is viable as a business, you know, product. And um, remind yourself of that. Remind yourself of how cool, what, how many different paint colors and brushes and palettes and mediums that we have to use when you watch this show. And, and you know, hopefully it will open, it, it'll be a good sort of, um, not so much a, 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 a palette cleanser, but it may be a good opening series to watch, to open your mind to maybe some of these other ideas, these other shows that might take you into some weird places. Yeah, absolutely. I That's definitely one I'll be getting back into during this this time of reduced activity because uh, I, I watched, that was the first show I tuned into to like check out my new 4K TV when I got it because oh, I awesome. was just like, you know, I need something really visually, you know, impressive to watch. And so I pulled up dark, the new Dark Crystal and it was, I watched a couple episodes just kind of going, wow, look at that. That's amazing. Wow. And I totally don't know what it's about. I just was so impressed by how it looked that I, <laughs> that's kind of what I have to work we'll with. Definitely get back into it. I mean, um, one of my friends actually worked on some of the puppetry on that. She's a makeup effects artist. So I guess she probably did like mask maybe. Uh -huh. um, but they had like six months to prep that, which seems like a lot of time, but it is not. That is for a show like no. that, that is not much time at all. And that's so amazing. it's a real yeah. testament. And in fact, that's I like six months of that crunch. That's like no days off. 100%. And um, funny little antidote the baby from Labyrinth is a puppeteer on uh, Dark Crystal. She's either a puppeteer or a puppet maker, prop maker. I'm not sure. She worked on the Dark Crystal Age of Resistance. You mean though. the. So that the was baby cool. that was kidnapped by the Goblin King, the one that like Jake yeah. Connolly was trying to rescue the whole time, like yes. grew up and is now doing Jim Henson style puppet stuff. Yes. That's a great story. That's amazing. How awesome is that? <laughs> that's, so cool. that's super cool. Yeah, that's very cool. I loved it. Plus there was a cool, um, uh, I'll move on after this, but there was a cool play that we got to watch. Like they do like these uh, programs, you yeah. know, and it was Milo the Magnificent. And it was, uh, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't explain this over there, I don't think, but it's, uh, it's people in like uh, black outfits, right? And the guy's wearing, um, one of the people is like sort of wearing the puppet, you know, like his hands are the puppet's hands and his feet are the puppet's uh -huh. feet. But then the puppet has a different face and he can kind of flip back and forth these sort of half crescents that give different expressions. Now, is it a different puppeteer for the face? No, it's one guy. Wow. 
And then he has an assistant uh, because it's the, the the puppet Milo is like a magician. So he's got like uh, he's got like another person all draped in black as well who will do some of the side gags, right? Like he, there's a little rat, little danger rat that comes out, or uh, there's a floating magical ball. The other person will do that. But there's one puppeteer who does you know the arms and the legs, and he flips the face back and forth to give different expressions for Milo. It's super cool. Again, puppetry is one of those mediums that I just don't think gets enough credit. So I want to shine a light on that. Go watch that show. Go seek out other stuff. If there's any sort of local puppet. You yeah, know, theater out around you. Go check it yeah, out. Give it a give it, give it, it. They work a super few hard. weeks, and then go go check it out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not, not right <laughs> now. Not right now. Later. Uh, but uh, so when, when we're when we're uh, the, when the coronavirus. So Dark off. Crystal, and then and then it sound, kind of sounds like you're also endorsing like another possibility. If uh, you know, maybe you're not working for a little while. Maybe your Netflix subscription uh, might have to t- not, you know get canceled for a month or so. So put maybe put on your own puppet show at your at your house. Yeah, <laughs> tell your own stories and film and it. Film it. Film it with your phone, man. Most of you guys have like a, a super high Androids or, or uh, iPhones. Like film your own puppet show. Put it on YouTube. Yeah. Let's make our own puppet channel on YouTube. I, I often just audience submissions. I often think if. Uh, if our if I if we ever decide like we've we've talked about it maybe like getting our podcast on YouTube where people could like watch it live yeah. somehow and I often think like a way that might, that might be kind of fun would be to have two puppets representing us oh, on YouTube. That would be awesome. Yeah, so that might that may happen something cool. kind of like Sipple and Ollie. Remember Sipple and Ollie back in the day? Yeah, Sock yeah, yeah. That'd be great because it's gonna be tough until you finally decide to move to Los Angeles. It's gonna be tough for us to do shows together. So. Either we do screen and screen or split screen, but I like this puppet Puppets idea. Is, 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 it it works, cool. yeah. Or CGI. That could be kind of fun, uh, too. That might be a bit more pricey. Not if we do it really poor. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I'll leave no, this I don't, to you. I don't, I don't mean YouTube like really frugal. You, I mean You've like a... poor, like those vegetables and those Christian kids videos back in the day. Veggie Tales, you know what I'm talking about? I did work on the Annoying Orange one. Annoying Orange, yeah. That's a really cheap and easy one. Uh, so Veggie Tales is not my series I'm recommending though. Okay. Now I, they think about it. I mean, you might have some fun, but I'm going to start with, uh, so I'm trying. So normally when we do this, I'm like, Matt's throwing out all this stuff. That's like fringe, you know, if you could find a DVD in like the basement of like a Japanese market, you know, but I'm yeah. going to try to keep it like mainstream stuff. You can actually access this time. So, okay. All right. So I'm going to start with the Castlevania series on Netflix. I have been, I, I told you off air, like I want to watch that, but just it's been so my nights are actually really not don't give me much time to sit and watch something. Right. And when I do have a few minutes to sit down, I've been playing Gods of War or God of War. So um, I've not watched this yet, but this is this is as good as it looks Then you're saying. It, it is. It's fantastic. I, I, I saw like I mean, it took me a while to get around to it. But when I finally, you know, because I saw these people, you know, nerdy friends of mine that post about this kind of stuff on Facebook saying how great it was. And uh, when I finally got to see it, it's like, I'm really impressed with this show. The writing's amazing. You know, the, the cast is fantastic. The animation is incredible. Everything about it, uh, as far as as far as projects based on video games go, this is one of the top five I've ever seen. It's like this, you know, this is probably the top two. <laughs> like, okay. You know, we don't Mar- get a lot of good video. What about the old Link cartoon? Yeah, that was okay. Zelda. No, that was okay. Like this Excuse is do you, like are you familiar me, with princess. the name Warren Warren Ellis? Are you familiar? Not not the uh, Australian uh, composer that does work with Nick Cave, but the writer Warren Ellis, the comic book writer, comic book writer. He wrote the show, man. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. 
that's yeah, awesome. like one of the most talented writers in comic books wrote this show, and like that's you can cool. tell, it's so clever. Everything works. The plot. I mean, no, it just there, there's explanation for everything. Why do vampires want to kill people? Why do they? You know, what are they? Uh, and, and it's, I mean, not like the what are they is a little mysterious. Kind of like we're talking about with Highlanders, where it's like, yeah, they're sure, Highlanders. Yeah. yeah, they're vampires. They're like, but but it's like the way it treats that thing of like they're vampires is almost like. Hey man, there's predators in the animal kingdom and there's prey. You know, they're not evil; they just are what they are. Okay, but all right. There's, you know, but at the same time, they are doing some evil shit because of because though it's almost like a retaliation. Like there's, it's like there's like a balance, but then like humanity just starts doing stuff mainly based around a certain religious. Very popular European religious uh, group. You can imagine who I might be talking about. Uh, people that worship a certain uh, very popular uh, deity. Um, they what? Zeus. I'm sorry, I didn't hear what you said. Zeus. I said Zenu at first. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's not them. No, it's it, oh, okay. they, no, it's uh, not that modern, uh, but but um, not pa- as pagan as Zeus either. I, but I, I won't I won't spoil it for you. That's not a huge spoiler. But basically, they, you know, that a certain church has a certain knack for persecuting people persecuting people that act a little different, that maybe break convention. You know, they like to get stuff going with fire. Stakes. Yeah, I hear what and you're saying. If you do that, Kevin with Bacon someone, knows what you're saying too, huh? Kevin Bacon knows what you're saying too. Kevin Bacon knows what he's I'm fought. Saying. A, he's fought against that kind of persecution in the past. What are you talking? Are you talking about Footloose? Like, yeah. Oh, <laughs> well. Long story short, they pissed off Dracula, and there's a war on. And this well, is the series about the war between humanity and vampires, and it's really good. It's like the old saying goes. You don't spit into the wind. You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't piss off Dracula because you're going to start a bloodlust. That's right. That's just, that's an old saying that I've that we're all familiar with. My old grandma used to say that. Ah. So uh, you mentioned Highlander, and it's quite appropriate because that is next on my list. What? Now... Now, not the uh, not the movies, because we're just, we're talking about series here, right? Yeah, that's right. Movies are too short for this. No, no, we, we're in this for the long haul. So, no, this is Highlander the series, starring Duncan McCloud, not Connor McCloud from the movies, right? As our lead protagonist, um, there's a brief cameo with uh, Connor McCloud the very first episode, kind of a, a symbolic passing of the torch, the it, sword, as it were. Like Christopher Lambert is uh, on the show. He like comes on the show. Yeah, he's in the first episode. Uh-huh. Nice. And he, he alerts his distant cousin, Duncan, that the, uh, the quickening has begun. And uh, there can be only one and the, the time of the gather Oh, the gathering, rather. The gathering has begun and there can be only one. And so the series tracks Duncan McCloud and his, his various allies over time and his adventures. And it's a cool dynamic sort of in the in this show, whereas um, it's kind of villain of the week, you know, yeah. from in that in the, in the old week. It's it, in very it very much is a throwback to old Westerns. I like that. You got the lone outlaw kind of going town to town. um, And uh, the big, the big heavy, you know, comes to town and uh, you know, there's a, there's a past with him and Duncan or she and Duncan. And so they do flashbacks to various points in history and they show kind of like in flashback, like the relationship between what's going on. And then of course it leads to a battle. And then 
spoilers, Duncan wins because he's the hero, and you go to the next villain the next week. But it's so cool. And here's the really cool thing about it. If you just like sci-fi adventure uh, with, a li- with, with a bit of an adult, a maturity right. to it that I think yeah. that a lot of sci-fi doesn't necessarily have. Um, but what was also cool is they shot in uh, a lot of Canada, in, in Montreal, I believe, and Vancouver, but also in France and Paris. Um, and so, like, as a young person in South Texas, I got to see this a beautiful world through the lens of Highlander growing up, right? You got to see, like, the catacombs, and you got to see the Alpha Tower, and you got to see the Scottish Highlands, and you got to see, like, this, all these amazing areas through this show. And I think that my... Um, my sense of the world is actually somewhat informed by watching the show as a kid. And so I think that if you might have missed it during the age of like, you know, gritty guys with long hair and motorcycles, Lorenzo Lamas, the renegade, like if you kind of just chalked up Highlander the series to like that kind of stuff, you missed the boat because it's great. The movies suck except for the first one, but the series is, is tops. Um, oh, the, who's the lead singer for The Who? I'm just... Roger Daltrey. Uh, Roger Daltrey's in it. Oh, cool. He's an immortal. How cool is that? Like uh, <laughs> a lot of cool actors that you might recognize kind of make cameos. Like it's really cool. They even explore. They even explain how like the four horsemen of apocalypse were actually just the original four immortals, you know, like oh, roaming wow. the, yeah, it's, it's cool. It's a cool show and it's, it definitely deserves going back and, and watching it and realizing like, man, this show was kind of, kind of mature for its time for the USA network, man. It was kind of, Little edgies, sex and violence and fighting and heroics and it's uh it led the way, paved the way, the unsung hero. It's the uh the the the, the stooges to the punk rock movement. You know, it was before its time, before the Game of Thrones and all these other sword and sandal shows became popular. Now it, it I understand what you're saying where it stands out from like your walk is Walker Texas Ranger, Renegade, oh, Lorenzo yeah. Lamas, all that. It's like stand it's a standout from that stuff that was going Absolutely. on at the same time. But yeah. like but it's still there, right? Like you still get like that oh. '90s cool, you yeah, know, like slick back trench hair, coats. yeah, trench coats, yeah, exactly. He always had the ponytail, oh, and yeah. then he had like the trench coat, and then you know his cool katana. And you sometimes question when he wasn't wearing the duster, like some of the jackets, like how does he hide the sword? They never explained it, and they never had to. Yeah, you just assume that like the blade goes somewhere. But all he had to do was pull back his jacket. And pull the blade out, and it was fighting time. So like, we, unless you were on holy ground, it was time to die. Yeah, it's like it's like he's so Connor McLeod's like at the store, right? And he's like got his sword, and he, and it's like, where's the sword? And it's like, oh, it's kind of like a magician. It's like he knows yeah. how to stand in a way where that clerk isn't going to be spooked by a sword because they're never going to see it. Like when he goes for right, his wallet, it's not like Connor McLeod, huh? It's Duncan McLeod. Oh wait, Connor? No, this is Duncan McLeod. Yeah. Yeah, so but they probably Connor showed him the trick, right? It was what Connor could do it too. They all do it. That's what I'm saying. Like if, yeah, you're, if you're talking yeah. to a Highlander, you might not even notice that. You're like, why is this guy kind of standing sideways while he's talking to me? And it's like, there's a man. There's like a sword hanging on the other side, but like a you know he's he's gonna move in a way that looks really casual. You're never gonna detect this, but like the Highlander is gonna move in a way that like conceals that sword from you from your line of vision the whole time. Uh, yeah, exactly. You never know it's coming. Yeah, that's and that's one of the big tricks of swordplay is um, being able to just like go to restaurants and you know go to uh, the movies and stuff with the sword the whole time and, and people not know it. Yes, it's a great series. I recommend going back and watching it. And uh, fun fact: the actor who plays Richly, the actor who plays Richie, 
Stenny Kirsch. Uh, I sometimes see him hiking around. He is an acting teacher now. I'm sure though he's when you see him hiking, he's you know you only see him from the side, right? Because like. Yeah, something, never know. Yeah, it's weird. Something's never on know the other side of that body. Used to carry that Spanish rapier around. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, let's see. So uh, it's my turn. I got another show for you. It's a. It's. I think they've done four series now, maybe three. But I only really like the first series. But you know, you got time, right? You're not going to work, so you might as well watch them all. <laughs> uh, all right. What's that? But that is. Um, that's going to be True Detective on HBO. Oh yeah. I only saw the first two. There's three of them. I only saw the first two, and I loved the first one. Yeah, that's <sighs> the second one. The second one was okay. Vince Vaughn, you I know, didn't he was hate cool. It. There was cool stuff in it, you know. Yeah, my friend Agnes was in it, so that was kind of cool. She played like the uh, the Russian housewife. That was cool. I knew someone in the show, and yeah, it definitely leaned into some David Lynchian moments here and there, which I respected. But yeah, the first one's the best one by far. The first season's amazing. Woody Harrelson and Matthew McConaughey, Matthew McConaughey. just I mean being like total detective fanatics, you know, just like a couple of grizzled men that just like they they just they all they care about is uh solving the crime. And but not just that, you know, not just that old like square jaw sort of uh hard detective vibe, but like they infuse this weird um, what's the word? I'm not negative, pessimistic philosophy. Oh yeah, on the part of Matthew McConaughey, like these weird concepts of the occult and the Yellow King and time is a construct. And yeah, there's some there's some heady stuff in there mixed in as well. Oh yeah, there's some weird shit going on. But but when I say like fanatics, I mean like they're it's like especially Matthew McConaughey. Like you get a sense that like everything he does, you know, the way he moves and keeps his life, uh, like from his apartment, his choice of apartment to his car, you know, everything. It's like, it's all about solving crime. You know, it's kind of weird. It's like they're, they're, yeah, yeah. yeah, There's so, so it's kind of really living to that true, to that title of true detective. But it was cool. It was just a spooky show, man. And I mean, there's, um, as far as cinematography, like there's some stuff going on in there, like long take, action sequences that you're just going wow they, they pulled that off i can't believe that it's incredible you know a lot of stuff like that that just really impressed me so i'm gonna say i might go ahead and get back to true detective i'm definitely gonna watch season one again uh but i might yeah. this time actually give the give the later seasons a chance too there is there was definitely some there's some stuff to appreciate in them although i think that you can certainly see the the um the missing element of Kerry Fukunawa when he left after season one, uh, but they're still worth watching. They're still very creative and very innovative shows, and very much they stand out from a lot of the shows that you see currently around. You know, like we've all seen The Killing and uh, you know Grace Point and Broadchurch, which are all great as well. But um, I thought that the True Detective really did it in a very unique way, in a very, in a way, very rooted in Americana as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, Very Southern Gothic. Southern Gothic. Nice term. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Nice. Well, you mentioned um, a... What was the cartoon that you mentioned earlier? Castlevania. Yeah. So you mentioned Castlevania earlier, which, by the way, uh, gives me great hope for Kevin Smith's Masters of the Universe. But, uh, you know, you're normally what you self-described as the guy with the fringe... uh, Recommendations. I think it's. I'm gonna take up that mantle today. This oh, week. all right. I'm gonna recommend 
Berserk, which I've just started watching, and I'm three episodes in. It's a Japanese anime. You can find it on Crunchyroll. I do have to admit, I am watching the dubbed version and not the subtitled version, but only because sometimes I fall asleep while watching it, and at least I can hear it. But um, it's a story about Guts, a former mercenary who was whose mercenary tribe was... Uh, was betrayed by their leader who wanted to like do this ancient occultic ritual to gain power so he could rule his old kingdom and he survived he's the only one who survived but he got branded with this this sort of sigil on his neck that attaches evil spirits and demons to track him to hunt him for all eternity when they're near like it bleeds from the wound right and he carries this massive broadsword that like is not a realistic sword at all it's this it looks like it's probably about like seven inches wide it's just it looks like a it looks like the size of him he's got to swing it like he's swinging a a, a, a log right mm-hmm. it's uber violent the animation is fantastic it's adult as hell um if you like uh if you were like one of the people who voted for like a the kill bills of the world or the um love those like ultra violent revenge stories rooted in like mythology and and darkness and mysticism this is the show for you. It's super cool. And again, much like uh, puppetry, animation is one of those mediums that still isn't really treated with the respect that it deserves. Like, I know you got like the uh, the Pixars of the world, right? And, and, and those have certainly gotten respect. But um, traditional more like, you know, drawing animation, I feel like is still a thing that's a little underappreciated. And I think that if you watch this show, if you're into this sort of like, if you like Castlevania, I think you'd like Berserk. You know, I play a uh, game called Dark Souls like a lot. It's really good. I think I've talked to you about it before. It's just like this super hard game where you're just fighting demons and monsters and evil, evil things. And uh, a lot of people say it's based on Berserk. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it, is it called Sword of the Berserk? Is that the title mine is just called berserk. berserk i don't know if maybe the uh the original translation is sort of the berserk yeah but. that i heard that somewhere that might be one of the video games or something i, I know they made some games about this one maybe too so, but yeah. like uh yeah I, I've, I've always been interested in watching it i love that he's is he blind in one eye i know he's got like one yeah he's got one eye shut yeah one eye shut and he's yeah he's just this grizzled gritty guy and like if you like the witcher this dude puts fucking makes the witcher look like needs to sit in the corner and perm his hair, man. This guy is, he is gritty, like 90s gritty. All right. Like, he don't give up. Like, he's like the so honey badger. Lorenzo he don't give Lamas a fuck. Gritty. Lorenzo, if if they were to make a berserk show and you could somehow, like, like you know, we, we experimented with time travel last week, right? You know? Yeah. Uh, Future Dave came and what have you. If we could pick prime Lorenzo Lamas out from the 90s, with his like stubbled beard and all that, and we plucked him down, and we made him close one of his eyes, and we cut his hair. Man, he'd be berserk, man. He'd be the uh, the black swordsman. Badass. He'd be guts. His name is Guts. It's a great name. It's cool. It's a tough Super name. Cool. <laughs> so you guys, uh, there's a lot of streaming services that you can order and you can uh, you can subscribe to. I recommend Crunchyroll if you're in all interested in anime. This is one of those, and it's fantastic. All right, yeah, and like, uh, like I said, there's, there's some video games based on it, and so I'm I'm gonna segue into a video game. I Ooh. was kind of 
wondering if I should do this or not, but because it's recommended series. But there, there was this game I played a while back. It's, it's a, it's a, what do you call it? A trilogy. There's three of these games. There's actually four, but nobody really takes the uh, fourth one very seriously. Right. Is it but, Devil May Cry? What's that? Is it Devil May Cry? No, that's pretty good. But uh, no, yeah. this this game is Mass Effect Two. Uh, Oh, Not Mass Effect okay. 1. Mass Effect 1 had issues with uh, grinding. You know what I mean by grinding? It's like busy work in video games and you just have to do stuff. Isn't that what we do every week? No. It's not like grind house. Like, oh. um, grinding is the term for just like have, having to do repeated, repetitive tasks, mundane tasks in video games to get experience, level up, that kind of thing. Uh, okay, okay. It okay. suffered from that pretty bad. And 3 just didn't have a good ending. But Mass Effect 2, it... It's kind of like a sci-fi series. It's kind of a, a really cool. Like I, I treated it like that. Actually, I would play it for about thirty or forty-five minutes and turn it off because the game is. It's kind of like mission-based. Like you fly around in the spaceship and you mm, right. you're mm. checking out planets and it's like, oh, there's a distress signal or something, right? And when you're you like, damn planet, huh? Looking good, looking pretty thick planet. What's what's up? Fly, fly, flying around checking planets. Yeah, checking them out, man. Check, yeah, that's that Checking planet. them out. Okay, it's got any resources? Up, then someone's like, "Yo, I'm an, I'm an alien in this planet. We need some help." But when you go down there, and, there's, and this game has like a ton of dialogue, like like voice acting dialogue. You know, it's like really good actors, really good animation, really good. You know, it's 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 like it looks like a movie. Like it looks great, and uh, like a like a CGI movie. But I mean, it looks fantastic. It's an animation, but right, sure. So. Basically, if you just want to sit down with Mass Effect 2 for like 30 or 45 minutes, you can have, you can start and finish like a cool little scenario. It's always full of surprises and it feels kind of like watching an episode of like a mid-90s Star Trek show. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds really cool. It really is. It's like, it's so easy because it's such a good game for like casual people who don't, you know, don't want to get like super intense into games because like you can just... You can, like I said, like 30, 45 minutes, you've got like a really cool little story that you just played through. You've met some new characters. You had like a climax. It's almost like an episode of a sci-fi show. And then you can just turn it off. Like, that was awesome. Oh, I'm turn it off excellent. now. Huh? About 30 minutes and it ends with a climax. I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, 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 I'm trying to think of which direction to take that. I was like, oh, like, I'll more take like it 10 direction. minutes, bro. Or two minutes or something. But, uh, it's been a long yeah, time I for me. 30 that. seconds. <laughs> 30 seconds. Oh. Uh, 30 seconds in heaven is better than no seconds in heaven. <laughs> that's right. But uh, no, so many video games these days expect you to sit down and just play all goddamn day long. And this one didn't have that. It was like you could have a really cool, like, uh, full story with just like 45 minutes of gameplay uh, about, the, about the length of an average sci-fi series and you know but it's all like like all good you know sci-fi series it's all eventually going toward this big cool ending and the game was uh very cool uh it was a great sci-fi setup it was all about uh deep space travel um ancient civilizations in space uh the human origins had this game had one of the best explanations for the origins of intelligent life in the universe i've ever heard okay shoot or should we leave it as a surprise uh, we'll leave it as a surprise. Yeah, if people play it, yeah, go they're, play the they're game. gonna find out. Tell us. Yeah. Let us know what you discovered when you played Mass Effect two. Not one, not three, not four. Definitely two. not four. Yeah. <laughs> two and two. But yeah, two is great. Give it a go. Well well listen, we've had a lot of fun talking about Mass Effect two and checking out planets and thirty seconds of heaven and you know, when you're when you're when we're in a situation like this where we don't the world seems so uncertain and we have really 
you know, there's a lot of fears and anxiety going on. Sometimes you need a good laugh. I do. Sometimes you need something, some little absurdity. Yes. To break up the the the, the anxiety that you're that's welling up inside. And so my next suggestion is the Mighty Boosh. Ah. It's a BBC show. It ran for three seasons. You might be familiar with Old Greg or the Crack Fox, but that entire show was so original. And weird, and we like weird on this show. The Grindhouse podcast is kind of like Austin. We like to keep it weird. Oh man! And I can't think of anything more weird than uh, than than the Mighty Boosh. It was just two guys, and what well, was it? Two guys. It was, it was the, the brainchild of two guys, but it was really a, a comedy troupe. You know, the descendants of the most absurd moments in, say, like Monty Python on some sort of peyote trip in the desert with a weirdo, blend it all up. And spit out with a healthy dose of like, you know, Gary Newman soundtrack. And that's the Mighty Boosh. Yeah. It's just strange and weird and beautiful and majestic. You're right, too. That's a that's a really good point that it was more like a comedy troupe, like something you would see on like like Kids in the Hall or something, you know, where it's like the same yeah. five guys every time. Because uh They've talked about that in interviews. Like, they, there was such a popular show that, you know, people were saying, hey, I want to be a character on The Mighty Boosh. Let me, uh, oh, I, I want to be in this episode. And they're like, no, we already have people. You know, we've got my brother and we've got Rich Fulcher and we've got Matt Berry, you know, because like they're good enough and we work with them and that's it. You know, it was like they, they didn't, yeah, they didn't let their popularity of the show start bringing in all these like famous cameos and like bigger celebrities. They're and just it, like, we got to come. I mean, they did have Gary Newman. Yeah, but he was as Gary Newman. Like he was as himself. Right. <laughs> and it was literally for like 10 seconds. Yeah. <laughs> what was it? He, like kept Speaking him in of 10 seconds in heaven. Yeah, it was pretty funny stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Did you know, did you know that not only is Gary Newman a pop idol, but he's also got a pilot's license. Yep. Imagine that. I mean, I knew that before I watched The Mighty Boosh, but it's good. Just the more the more people can call that out, like how cool Gary Newman actually is, the better. He, we may have to call on Gary Newman to pilot us out of this mess. <laughs> yeah, Gary Newman's he's right up right now. He's in his like giant neon flying synth castle in the sky and he's just like safe, staying safe. So don't worry about Gary Newman. He's even when he comes down to he's earth, like a, he's got like flying professor Xavier chairs that he rides. And, uh, so he's not going to come into contact like, with anything. that's going to hurt him. Gary Newman is the synth Santa. He's currently making a list of people that he will bring up to his flying neon synth castle in the sky to wait to this whole thing, to have a pint and wait for this whole thing to blow over. Well, I hope to be on that list. Cause I like Gary Newman's music a lot. Me too. We love you, Gary Newman. But uh, yeah, the Mighty Boosh is awesome. I mean, but sure, you can check out the clips on YouTube and they're fine. There's three seasons and you'll have a blast. And I think, again, paint with wild colors, man. And the the Mighty Boosh definitely does that. The Mod Foxes are awesome. And every season, they've got kind of a new setting as a base, right? Like the the first season, they were like really bad zookeepers. Yes. And then, like the second season, they're like in this. Uh, are they in the? Are they the shopkeepers? The second season, or are they just in Naboo's house? No, they're. I forget it's which like they've got which. their own shop uh, down. But on, no, it's Naboo's shop. It's Naboo's. And they just, yeah, just. It's his shop. And they're clerks. And then the third season, they're just up in his. It's more like in their living quarters above the shop. It's less shop oriented. Right. Yeah. Because yeah, the second season like. Like weird characters would come into the shop and like talk about the the objects and get into the stuff, you know. The, yeah, yeah. E- talking about eels, eating eels. 
all up inside yeah. you. <laughs> so many memorable songs. I mean, I kind of want to so just great. like start singing them with you right now, but that would not be appropriate. But no, uh, no, we'll save that. Yeah. But I do, I do. Uh, aside from your your um, Frank the Bunny esque panda outfit, I do one day want to go as as Vince Noir and um, oh, what is the other character's name? Uh, Howard, Howard Moon. Moon. Dark yes. Side of the Moon. Remember that? Shave, shave <laughs> your a, shave your beard into a mustache. One of the dumbest things ever. Like the the episode where they were trying to impress the, the goth girls, and he he describes oh, himself so as great. the Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> so <laughs> like, brilliant! Such a like. Shot and a miss it was amazing, yeah. Funny stuff. But uh, they 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 used hairspray made from the tears of Robert Smith. Yeah, that's right. You could freeze stuff in midair with that hairspray. Yes, incredible. All right, so yeah, definitely show. watch the Mighty Boosh, everybody. What do you? You should just be watching that anyway. But yeah, great stuff. I'm gonna go. Uh, so right, what else you got, Matt? Well, the next show I have I learned about from an Iron Maiden song. The Trooper. Oh, that's a great, that's a great song, but that's not the song, but it's on. What about a two minutes? Two minutes. <laughs> it's not two minutes to midnight. It's not that. It's uh What about Aces High? No, it's not Aces High, but it, it's, uh, it's off Number of the Beast, and it's a song called The Prisoner. Oh, The Prisoner. Yes. And it is a, you know, they, they, um, they wrote this song called The Prisoner. I had I'd been listening to it my whole life and I never knew what it was about until Amazon finally got that show recently. Oh, like okay. all of it. And it's actually based on the song? The show, no, the show's not based on the song. <laughs> the song is based oh. on the very popular show. It was, oh, it was a show. Uh, oh, I yeah, see, it was a I British, see. British TV show from uh, the, the, the 70s called The Prisoner. And it's uh, the Pesna. It's amazing. Like it's really, really good, man. It's super old-fashioned and hokey. I mean, it has like a five-minute intro to every episode. Uh, as well, as much like the song. Yeah. Well, kind of. I mean, no. You you just gotta see it. It's like, like that okay. was a thing in the '80s. Was like every episode was like they would have. They felt like the intro should explain the entire plot of the show, just in case it was your first time watching. Sure. You know, right. Like, when my, when my brother-in-law died and I had to raise his four kids. I moved into the it's, house. It's, Things get a little crazy, it, but we manage, you know, and they would just like go into some same. hokey Billy Joel song. You, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So, yeah. So Highlander had that too. It did. It, 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 it did, was, right? It was like, <laughs> his name is Duncan McLeod. We need to bring that back, Born dude. 400 years in the <laughs> Highlands of Scotland. Like, and he is not alone. Every, there are many like him. Every show should have that, man. Like that, they should just bring that back. That was like the coolest thing. I liked it. Do, cool. do one for Game of Thrones. How would that go? Mm. Let me think about this. <laughs> the bastard son of a noble Northman. The greed of men upon the land. And winter does come. And then it's just like, my name's Jon Snow. And I carry a sword. I keep justice in this land. And this is... Game of Thrones. Then it goes into some hokey. I like, drinking no things. Do you ever watch? Uh, do you ever watch those? Like sometimes people will take a. They did it for the Mandalorian, yeah. which is another great show. It's not on my list because we've already talked about it so much. It's a whole episode on it. But um, someone took like the Perfect Strangers theme, and they they recut the the opening for the Mandalorian with some scenes to the Perfect Strangers theme. Oh, nice. It's so great, man. It's like a, it feels like an '80s buddy kind of comedy. 
When my doctor told me I had cancer, I thought, oh boy, here we go. What am I going to do for my family Better now? Start murdering some people. But then I met a guy that I hadn't seen in a while. We sell a little meth, but mostly we have some laughs. But we try to keep it good. We try to be good at what we do. But mostly we're just breaking bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. What show are we talking about? Oh, The Prisoner. I don't even remember. The Prisoner. The prisoner. Okay, yeah. It's awesome. It's got quite intros. <laughs> uh, so basically, uh, imagine this guy. He's like a secret agent, right? Like MI5, some kind of secret agent. He retires, but he awakes to find himself on this island with these like this like sinister leader called Number Two. And um, every episode... Who does number two work for? Ah, see, we don't know. Yeah, see, who is number one? Ah, mm. But, like, that's the thing. That's But, like, every episode, number two is a different person, which is so much fun. Ooh, and okay. every episode is about him coming up with some crazy plan to try to escape from the island and usually looking like he succeeded only to find out that, no, he's back on the island. They're too good. You can't get away from these people. And it's this weird, surreal world with like r- ridiculous technology, like that you know that that you would imagine in the seventies, like futuristic technology that you would imagine the top secret government officials like have access to. And he has no idea who he, you know who runs the island, what organization put him there, but he's just there with all these like with all these complacent, weird people who are all ex secret agents, but they've all like a customized. Uh, acclimated they've all become like uh, complacent prisoners on the island and so they're not trying to get off only he is and every episode you just gotta watch this guy every episode he's trying to get off all right so i'm gonna recommend look man yes i mean yeah there's some attractive ladies on the show and he does he's a he's a secret he's got the charm of a james bond he's like a secret agent yeah i I like him better than james bond i think he's a really cool guy but like uh yeah you got to watch the prisoner man trust me if you have amazon prime and you see it out there there's a ton of episodes to get into and everyone is just like hilarious and funky 70s but like actually good writing and it's it's great cast it's really cool stuff all right. Well, listen, uh, we're getting somewhat close to the end of our time, and we still have to announce the winner of our Action Hero Tournament and take some audience questions. But I want to throw a curveball that you're completely not ready for. All right, what you got? Okay. Instead of thus listing uh, another show for people to watch, what's a series you'd like to see made? For me, a series I'd like to see made? i got to say Grant Morrison's The Invisibles. Because I think that Ooh, you remember that one, yeah, that was a. I mean, that was also a very '90s comic book. But the series wouldn't have to be. The series could just be like adapted or whatever. But but basically, if you no, nah, fuck you, it, put it in the '90s, man. It's your show. Well, I don't know. I don't. I don't know if that's necessary. It might be a little distracting. I don't know. I mean, they're, well, they're doing little shows, you know, true uh, or like '80s shows. Uh, they're doing all that stuff. Stranger Things. Why not? Think Why about not? the sound. Con- the soundtrack would be it awesome. Would be, be mostly it'd be basically well it'd be just be like the train spotting soundtrack but that i like that so yeah. but yeah if you never read the invisibles it's basically a uh, a world where every conspiracy theory every alien theory every religion every mysticism everything that can that you've ever heard and all of the science as well it's all real it's all true at the same time that's cool. That's kind of Grant Morrison's thing, right? Like, he doesn't toss anything out. That's right. He just takes everything that exists and he makes it work. Yeah, and he does. Like, he's like, like if he was a cook, 
he would he would he would not throw any ingredients out. He'd be like, "What do we got in the pantry? I'm gonna make a delicious dish out of this." And he would, and it would be excellent, and it'd be the coolest, most original dish he'd ever had. Exactly, that's what he does. I mean, it's amazing because it sounds ridiculous. It's like, how can Jesus be true at the same time as lizard people? Uh, you know, how can aliens be real at the same time as evolution? You know, like, but it works, man. Like he makes it all work. It all lines up. Oh, well, aliens and evolution don't go against each other, but like uh, it, the kind of aliens that you see on like ancient aliens and stuff, you, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah, right. it's all it's like in some, some way he makes it all true and manages to establish a, uh, a, a like a, a force of uh, villains that are trying to conquer the world and a force of good kind of led by Jesus and lizard. They're kind of like, yeah, they're lizard people. They're bug people. They're, I mean, they're, they're, they're spirits, they're demons. It's like all of it together, but at the same way, they're all still the same thing. It's weird, man. It's it's hard, so hard right. to explain the Invisibles, but like I would love, and, and then the Invisibles themselves are a uh, a team of uh, mystics and artists and wizards. You know, all all very modern though. Gods walking amongst goths. Men. True, yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you said gods, but I yeah, said, they're not really. No, they're not. Yes. That's the cool thing about them. Like they've all just got like a little bit of power, a little bit, a little bit of something. Everybody knows a little bit of magic, right? But uh, you know, like there's a uh, a transgender, um, what do you call it, Santeria priestess who who got all her power uh, because um, the magic that she practices uh, has to be practiced by women. So like um, it was just natural that uh, she was raised as a woman, and it just but and then she was actually transgender. So she, so it all worked out, you know. So there's there's also that's one of the cool things about the Invisibles is like at that time there weren't like characters like that out in 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 those mainstream things, you know. I was going to say way, way, way ahead, ahead of his time. time. Grant Morrison included everyone. And all, all these char- you know, colorful characters are just like fighting to try to keep a world that's full of art and love and creativity and individuality. And, uh, and they pull it off. And it's, but then at the same time, as you get further into the series, it's like, was there ever really any villain to begin with? It's, it's amazing. It's like super, it's mind blowing. I mean, it's Grant Morrison's, uh, his, his um, masterpiece, really. I, I mean, I know he's done a lot of amazing stuff since, but yeah, if you've never read The Invisibles, if you like the writing of Grant Morrison, um, check that out. And uh, then once you've read it, start, you know, I don't know, maybe there's like an online petition or something. Let's all just like keep pushing for that until it finally comes to television. Sounds they did Preacher. I think they could do The Invisibles. That's right. That's right. Um, so mine would be Dark City based on the Alex Proyas movie from the 90s. We've talked about it a bunch. I love that film. Alex Proyas is one of my favorite directors of all time. And I was just thinking that in this current environment where, you know, when when this whole COVID-19 broke out, there was so much distrust and people were unsure what kind of information to believe in. And, you know, even before that, we had people who believed the the earth was flat. Um, You know, prior to COVID-19 pandemic, we had uh, people who were anti-vaxxers. I don't hear much of them anymore, but there were at one point people who thought vaccinations were a bad idea. You know, you had all this sort of distrust on what was real and what was not real. And I think that a show that kind of deals with those themes in that cool stylistic manner would be super appropriate right now, especially if it got like the HBO treatment, you know, or it got like a cool um, and, you know, it's talking about techniques that are underappreciated, a lot of stop motion, a lot of um uh, uh, set building like a, a miniatures, yeah. you know, employed in that a lot of old school film techniques. So something along those lines, like don't don't shiny it up, don't CGI it. Like 
really keep it true to sort of grittier roots, uh, same as a crow, you know, and, and do it as a series. And I think that you could have something super compelling to tell starring Jon Snow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I mean, I think there's a lot there. I think, yeah, Dark City, you got the, uh, it's kind of like an island in space where people can't yeah. escape. There are prisoners there. Um, there's this, you know, the, these uh, controllers that are kind of like the leaders. They manipulate everything. And even when people think they've escaped, they're right back where they started. Uh, yeah. Kind exactly. of sounds like it might have been uh, inspired by a certain show from the 70s that si- inspired I was gonna, a certain I was just Iron song. <laughs> maybe, maybe it is. Maybe it is. So, um, Anyways, there's lots of great content. There's some other shows we didn't get uh, around to listing. Do you want to just sort of rapid fire some of the, the honorable mentions that we didn't quite get to mention? Uh, sure. Um, y'all might as well watch Twin Peaks again because you still, oh, you know, you still yeah. haven't solved that. You know, so you might as well watch all that, try to figure out what that's about. Uh, if you never saw Preacher, um, that was a really cool series on AMC. Uh, Legion's another one based on comic books that they did a great job of. Man, check out Legion if you didn't get a chance to watch that. Uh, the vampire series, The Strain, has kind of a different take on vampires, and it's got a ton oh, of cool. episodes. So you know you're gonna have to you're gonna be able to watch stuff for a long time with that one. Uh, the the miniseries Dracula was really good too. Uh, what what else? What else? Yeah, and there? and for me, Death Note. I know I've talked about it before. Another anime, but Death Note has one of the best. You know, at least for the first season, the best cat and mouse detective Moriarty sort of contest of wills that you'll see in any medium, much less uh, anime. And then uh, Firefly. Us brown coats can all remember how great Firefly was. And that, I mean, talk about, so Firefly only had one season, so it's a shorter one, uh, but it's excellent. But also Pushing Daisies, which only had like one and a half seasons. Two shows that were stopped way before their time. They're still excellent. They still hold up. And uh, on top of that, if you want something a little bit longer, tell us from the crypt. I don't think you can go wrong with the old Tales from the Crypt. A seven seasons. Can you still, where can you watch that so, now? Can you still watch that? I don't know if it's still on HBO Plus or not, but there's got to be DVD sets or something. Well, yeah, but, where, but you, you can know, buy. then you got to go out into the pandemic to get the DVDs. No, you go, you get, there's a thing called oh, the mail. Right, yeah. Good point. So find it. They're excellent still. They hold up. They're great examples of storytelling. And there's all this amazing content out there, both new and old, that you can tap into. So uh, fear not during this uncertain time for there's many contents, many and excellent content out there for you to ingest, enjoy, take your mind off of things, maybe learn a thing or two, and just wait for this whole thing to blow over. So Matt, would you like to know who is going to move on from our final four into our final to crown the greatest action hero. Absolutely. That's exciting. We're down, we're, get, we're, we're down to just two. We're down to just two. And much like Highlander soon, there will be oh only boy. one. I want to know who they are. So uh, in the Matt bracket, we had Mad Max Fury Road versus Predator. All right. So th- yeah, this now we're doing good. We're not in that, that Screech versus Horshack situation we described last time i mean these are two contenders the titans as we said last week these are two titans slugging it out man so uh it's like a poseidon and uh and uh uranus just fighting each other i'm not even gonna try to predict this one i just want to watch it happen what what did the voters decide relatively close uh only a 10 vote difference between the two but mad max fury road 
71 to 61 advances into our finals from the map bracket. That's, yeah, I'm, I support that. Fury Road is amazing. High yeah. octane, bright colors, every frame of painting, kick-ass silent hero. Uh, and really the real protagonist of the movie was uh, Furiosa, strong female kick-ass character who just had a mission and would nothing could stop her from, from helping those who needed from needed help, people who are less fortunate, much like Bernie Sanders. And then in the Dave bracket, you had Terminator 2 versus John Wick. Uh, I'm going to predict on this one that John Wick is still moving forward. I think he that's the new style. It's the new standard. I think that's where we're at. Jude is going to be quite upset because uh, you're right. John Wick, and it actually wasn't even as nearly as close as uh, Mad Max and Predator was. Uh, Terminator 2 had 52 votes. And John Wick had 84 People votes. love John Wick. They love the new style. Um, it doesn't try to... I, I, I tried to explain this. We, Jude and I were having this whole conversation as to like um, who he thought would win and why he thought it. And he actually hates the John oh. Wick movies. And yeah, well, you know, I, I understand his point of view. It's like it's a series of scenes with a flimsy story and it's all action all the time. And it's kind of in the vein of like the old Bruce Lee films where like it's one guy versus 10 guys, but they always attack one at a time. You know what I'm saying? Like or a little stormtrooperist, like they all have bad aim yeah. with him, which is like every action yeah. film. But here's what I think the, the magic of something like a John Wick is. It doesn't try to pretend to be anything it's That's not. Right. It knows what you want. It's looking you in the eye. It's getting a sense for what you're here for. It's letting you know what it's here for. There's no romance involved. There's just high octane hand to hand combat and some killer driving and shooting scenes. That's, you're in. You get what you came for. That's and true. I, imagine if they tried to add like some corny love interest to John Wick. That would be what? No. I mean, the only love interest that matters is the love between John Wick and his daughter. Well, and his ex wife. You know, which his, is, his late wife. His late wife, yeah. Well, by proxy, by proxy the dog. The dog. yeah, exactly, and that's the thing too. Uh, Jude's wrong. There's a lot of story there. It's just that it's it's told subtly. It doesn't get it's in the told way through subtle clues. It's it's like the like the new. It's like Doom. It's like uh, it's like hard to kill. Like hard to kill with Steven Seagal. Okay, not as fond yeah, of that reference, wife, but uh, Doom. You know, like I play Doom a lot. There's just a ton of action, a ton of violence, but there's a little subtle storyline if you need it that you can kind of track as you go. It's true. Yeah. Did you know, by the way, speaking of hard to kill, that hard to kill was based on a young man from South Texas. I didn't know that. No. There's a young man that you may know named Lewis. Oh. And <laughs> as you want to tell the Lewis story to these people? You think they can handle this? Yeah. Well, this is what we're here. We're here to break boundaries. Man. Wait, wait. Well, first, Lewis, you have as to, it were, you have to give a little intro about Lewis, like, because we're. The, the way you would hear this story is like maybe one day you're, you know, you're like a kid in college and you're working in a pizza restaurant and you're like on the line making pizzas and the line cook. Your cruel manager is cracking the whip behind uh, a you. A cruel manager who's, who's making you rush because he wants to get home in time to see his girlfriend. Because I like <laughs> Yeah, sure. <laughs> um I mean, he does. Yeah, he likes that to cool get Yeah, cool manager. Mean yeah. manager does. Because his girlfriend's not allowed to have people over. 
after 10. Uh, it was a weird situation. I, we are, yes, but it, but it's okay. Cause the manager is your friend. And even though he's being ridiculous and you like, don't care and you're, and he's not going to get off in time, uh, to go see his girlfriend. Clearly. Because clearly I did yeah, not get off because in time. we're not, we're not doing that. It was like, anyway, so one night you're, you're working <laughs> there on the line, you make a pizzas, right? And the heavy set five foot six. Oh, you're being generous. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> I'm only five foot seven, and I'm pretty sure I got a five, good three or four inches. Five over foot him. three, bald line cook next to you with a pencil thin mustache and Napoleon Dynamite glasses on. He says, "Were you here in '92?" And you're like, "What? <laughs> were you Were you here in this town in '92?" Yeah, why? You remember when the pizza guy got beat up? Well, he was my brother, and I'm going to tell you a story of revenge. But that's but that's not the story Hard to Kill is based on. That's what's so great about this guy. It's like that's not even the story Dave was thinking of because you're talking about. I think what you're talking about, Dave, is when the uh, the mafia was trying to do a hit on him back oh, yeah. when he was a military cop, and uh, and the guy yeah, was like 30 by the way, so he lived an action packed life already. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, what they they came in and they shot his girlfriend on accident, but he he survived. He, he jumped out the window. <laughs> yeah, naked. that's right. <laughs> and then he ended up. First off. First off, the, the 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 tell you know they always say all, all poker players have a tell. The tell in his story is that he had a girlfriend. Oh yeah, in bed with him naked. Yeah, I. I that was the first. I used clue. to call him the Big Forty Seven, and I would like remember how we all had those styrofoam cups at the pizza restaurant. I was like, you had your styrofoam oh, yeah, cup yeah. for the night, and you write your initials on it so people didn't drink out of your cup. Yeah. And I would always put a forty-seven on his because. Uh, he asked me one night, like, he goes, uh, what's what's the most uh, sexual orgasms you've ever given a woman in one night? And 47 <laughs> was his answer. And I, just, like, I was just like, dude, you are a fucking gym. I'm so glad that men like you exist. Like, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, so he had two stories. He had the, uh, the, the mob hit story, which I was thinking of, which inspired Hard to Kill retroactively. 15 years prior. Uh, but then he also had the pizza boys revenge story. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's an amazing story, but we'll just cut straight to the end with Texas law was changed so that it's okay to beat someone up with a baseball bat so bad that it puts them in the hospital. As long as you're getting revenge for your brother. <laughs> no, no, he, no, he, he picked up the liquid. No, that's nitrogen. your story. That's your jar- story. Oh, that's my yeah. story. I can't keep the That was how yeah, he got he revenge a, on the mafia my, in, was he got some nitrogen. This was, and this is his words, <laughs> some nitrogen in the liquid form and like threw it into the car's gas tank. Like, like, so it would explode against the gas with tank. With his pinky. And, what's that? With, with his, his pinky. Yeah. And that's how he got that. Sca- and he would he show you the scar. Pinky. I remember that. Yeah. So probably some truth <laughs> to the story. I don't know. Which also inspired T2 apparently. <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, do we have any uh, questions oh, from the this. listeners? We do have some All questions. Right. Questions from Macarette. From top listener Sam V. Blair, what got you hooked on horror movies? What, oh, what got me hooked on horror movies? Uh, just all the fun I was having watching them, Sam. Uh, but, but probably uh, the first yeah. one was like, third grade of sleepover and uh my friend's parents had rented evil dead too and uh god me and the kids at school we talked about that for months man how cool that movie was and that's probably like the first one that really was like yes mine was michael jackson's thriller 
which was not a horror movie per se, but was a horror music video. And there was a making of that would air after, uh, I think it would air before the music video. And it would be like, it was like an hour long documentary on the making of Thriller. And then afterward you would see the video. And um, I remember just how cool it was to break down like all these different like effects and the dancing and the everything. It really like set the tone for me loving those kind of movies and those kind of special effects and the sort of whole magic of movie making all in, all together. So I think once I saw a thriller, I just couldn't get enough. I had to go find all the other cool horror stuff that was out there as well. Question number two. Martin Shapcott asks, with the release of A Quiet Place 2 being delayed, could you see Hollywood releasing these delayed movies via streaming? Oh, I don't know. That'd be amazing. Like, just because they're not going to be in theaters, but maybe like uh, some, wow, yeah. that would be interesting. They'd, um, man, I don't, I mean, because it wouldn't be that much different from how they're releasing certain films like straight to uh, online rental, but maybe they could even do something where yeah, right. it's like scheduled, like kind of like how pay-per-view used to be, where you have to like watch it at the right time. So you, at least you get a feel of who the event. They, who would they go What's through? I, wouldn't you, wouldn't, wouldn't you, if you owned a streaming service like Crunchyroll or Netflix or Disney Plus, wouldn't you broker some sort of deal with with these various um, these various releases and offer to like release them on your streaming service? And you could even do it like you said, like timed, like certain times or like th- for a certain window, yeah, you cool. know, where like the the theaters still make some money, and then in theory they would get some added subscribers because you'd got to go see like New Mutants or something like that that you've been waiting for that they keep pushing or the Hunt, and you'd only be able to see it in streaming services, but. You could still practice some social distancing. That's a good idea. And it reminds me of an important thing right now. Like, you guys, you know you're going to be going to the movies when all this clears up. You know you're going to be back in theaters and all that, right? And you're not going to go right now, but you know you're going to go. So buy gift certificates to your favorite theaters right now, man. Get some, you know, give them some money. Like, because you know you're going to spend it there anyway. But, like, go ahead and, you know, get online and buy some gift certificates to your favorite theaters. You know, keep them, keep them supported because they're not being able, they're not, able to do anything right now they can't have shows maybe if they're not one of the big chains well, I'm, I'm just saying you Give want to port, your support your theaters. favorite one you know yeah local theaters whatever you got like keep them keep them running man keep them uh knowing that they're going to stay in business and like that would be a good way to support them right now for sure for sure so our last question is uh from me okay i have Hi. a question Dave asks, are we entering the world of virtual reality? Are we about to enter the age of the matrix? <laughs> it's possible. I don't know. The big problem with that right now, though, is that uh, like when you have a, a virus that comes from China, all the Chinese, Chinese factories closed down. So virtual reality headsets are sold out everywhere right now. So are they made in China? Huh? I feel like doesn't that most of that technology come from like Japan? Or is it more of a China? The manufacturing thing is in China. So, oh, yeah. See. So, um, you know, if... You're going to need the headsets to actually do that. But yeah, I'd li- I mean, I'm trying to get one. I want to start doing sculpting in VR. I think that'd be awesome. Yeah, but don't you think like 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 not even just for this one, right? But like I'm not even saying it in time of crises, but like just in general, do you think that people are going to start to – like for example, uh, they, they postponed Coachella for like six months, right? Uh-huh. Don't you think they could have done some sort of thing where like um, – like a lot of sporting events right now are performing in front of like empty arenas, you know? Couldn't they do something where they just say like, hey, guys, buy the, the headset and get your like official Coachella login code and see all the bands perform and like it's a shared environment. Like I wonder if you could even do some sort of thing where you could create an avatar, you know, yeah. and we start living in this virtual world. And, you know, like once you're in the Matrix, 
Do you ever unplug? Would you want to just be like, why would you go to the fucking movies if you could just plug in and get the theater experience, but from your VR headset? Because uh, the theater experience at my VR headset at home doesn't have electric jellyfish IPA on tap like the Alamo but Draft you House. You get does. some on tap, being the keyword. Yeah. I don't know, man. It's more fun. You, we, you know why. Listen, you know why we go to the movies. No, I'm not saying... I'm not trying to advocate for not leaving... I mean, I am advocating for never leaving the house because it's kind of my preferred method of entertainment. But what I'm saying is not specific to movies. I just think that I wonder if, like, we're going to start to move in a world where, you know, you, can, you can't shut down every single time there's an epidemic. There'll be one every other year, you know, every four years, according to some conspiracy theorists. Um, could we just be getting into a world where, like... The, the big events sort of build into their audience like this VR set. Like if you can't get tickets to Coachella to go live, you can still have the virtual reality experience. I think it's not a matter of if, but when. That's definitely going to happen. It may come sooner than later if things keep going the way they are. Indeed. Well, Dave, it's been good talking to you, man, but the um, pyramid of toilet paper rolls and paper towel rolls that I'm building in my backyard is almost done and I just heard that the local grocery nice. store restocked so I gotta get going because I got like 200 more rolls of toilet paper I gotta buy well just remember this immortal saying I am the great cornholio and I need teepee for my bunghole alright thanks for listening everybody we hope you all get plenty of teepee for your bungholes and uh, have plenty to watch enjoy your time off adios you're listening to the Grindhouse Podcast on the Wash Your Damn Hands Network. Please follow us on Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast and listen to us every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, and now on Spotify. 